Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The IOC is in bed with China. Beijing hosted the Olympics in 2008, Summer Games. They did it in spectacular fashion, but even then it was apparent to many of us that the IOC was aiding and abetting a problematic regime. That's Bob Costas. He was on with Jake Tapper on Friday, I think. Bob Costas, who has been the face of the Olympics, geez, most of my adult life, um, saying the IOC is in bed with China. Old pink-eyed Bob Costas waking up to the uh, the Red Menace. Sure, sure. They're like the WHO and other organizations. They figure, ah, we got to have China, so we got to kiss their communist heinies. Some people are criticizing Bob Costas for not saying that sort of thing when he was the face of the Olympics and could have said that on NBC, as opposed to now that he's no longer broadcaster. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice if he'd thrown his career on the bonfire. Um, I hesitate to, you know, demand that of him. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. He has a contract. You know, it might have, you know, it might have violated it to do that. But you know, you can judge him however you want. I, I, I get why. You know, every sportscaster in the world doesn't howl about the sins of their particular sport while they're doing games. Well, I think the Russians gave him the pink eye just as a warning. Putin probably well, you had think. him. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's one theory. <laughs> he poisons people. He does all kinds of stuff. He gave they gave uh, Costas the pink eye. That's just a little taste of what we can do. Right. Uh, to... Next time it'll be the Polonium uh, Eleven or Apollonia Six or whatever it was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, Jake Tapper, speaking of Jake, man, did he bring it talking about China and the Olympics? This was so great. We played it early this morning, but uh, I wanted everybody to be able to hear it. Uh, maybe you're listening via podcast, whatever. Um, but let's just go ahead. He's talking about the IOC and China and that unholy relationship. But then he gets into American corporations and all sorts of good stuff. Let's uh, start with 70, Michael. Now, not only is the International Olympic Committee, which will hold the 2022 Winter Games in China, not only is the IOC not raising its voice in solidarity and protest, the IOC is helping the Chinese government by providing them cover. On November 21st, and then again last Wednesday, the IOC told the world that they had held video calls with Peng Shui. For neither call did the IOC release the video or even a transcript. The IOC has not mentioned her allegations of sexual assault, nor would the IOC explain who set up these calls. The IOC is behaving like a mob lawyer. Yep, yeah. Uh, The IOC has always been corrupt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the I world mean, just kind of ignored it. Right. Right. And I appreciate Jake uh, pointing it out as strongly as he did. The fact that the IOC is corrupt and in bed with China is not exactly shocking. I think the more powerful stuff was when he started to talk about American corporations. And uh, let's go ahead with 71, Michael. Of course, Apple and Nike publicly claim to decry slave labor. But to be clear, the behavior we are seeing from U.S. corporations It's not about a company surviving. It's about discontent with just hundreds of millions of dollars, desiring instead billions of dollars. And those riches, they create blinders so that you get comments like this one about the Chinese government this past week from billionaire hedge fund manager Ray Dalio. As a top-down country, what they're doing is that it's that kind of like a strict parent. They behave like a strict parent. And they go through that. 
That is their approach. We have our approach. A strict parent, just like, you know, Casey Anthony. Good one. Good one, Jake Tapper. You know, on the IOC thing, I think back in the day, we always knew they were corrupt. We did a bunch of stories over the many years. But their corruption was, you know, they chose this country. They chose France instead of Italy for the Olympics because they bribed them more. Who cares? I don't care where the Olympics end up. I think that's why it was corrupt, but it just wasn't that important. Now that they're covering for an evil regime hell-bent on taking over the world, committing genocide, it matters. Yeah, it, it really illustrates the depth of their amorality. They're not merely greedheads. They're utterly amoral greedheads. What do you think about Biden's announcement? Has he officially done it today of the uh, diplomatic boycott of the Olympics? Does that matter at all? Um, I'm about to sneeze. Uh-oh, Omicron. <laughs> that, Omicron. Oh, oh, now everybody's was, got it. I know the sound of the sneeze. That's Omicron right oh, there. Nah, I was just, I just, I was in South Africa for a week, and uh, I've seen the face masks. of Omicron, and it is Joe Getty. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm glad I shaved. Anyway, uh, where were we? Ah, the uh, diplomat. No, I've been hearing about that for weeks, and I just, I, I it's, it's a gesture, but meh. It's just a gesture. I, I, suppose- I don't think Xi Jinping's going to say, you know what? We're making a lot of people really mad. We should probably stop building those military bases in the South China Sea. I suppose the problem is you can't not do it. It doesn't mean anything, but not doing it would just have been egregious. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you had to, and you went ahead and did it. It's kind of a neutral. It's not a negative. Um, and then I, I want to play one more click, clip from Jake, because this is where he really, uh, really brings it home. And I wonder, Jack, my question to you at the end of this is, will we hear more of this from center and left America? Because for the longest time, because Trump was hard on China, the left was easy on China to prove that they weren't like that damned Trump. And every China hawk was on the right side of the aisle. If you're a lefty China hawk, you couldn't get any air. Nobody wanted to talk to you because that, that, that hurt the narrative. Uh, go ahead with 72, Michael. Disney, of course, bought the rights to The Simpsons for its streaming service. And this last week, we learned that this 2005 episode, which shows The Simpsons in Beijing's Tiananmen Square, the site of a brutal crackdown on pro-democracy protesters, a sign reads in The Simpsons episode, on this site in 1989, nothing happened. And that episode... That's not available for Disney Plus subscribers in Hong Kong. Disney has not responded to requests for comment. That Simpsons episode in Hong Kong disappeared like Peng Shui, disappeared like citizen journalist Zhang Zhan, whom the Chinese government has locked up for telling the truth about COVID-19, disappeared like the consciences of the millionaires and billionaires in Hollywood and the NBA and the IOC and Wall Street We're all so eager for Chinese cash. They are pretending none of this is happening. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. That is some pretty strong stuff from Jake Tapper on CNN. And I got to believe he's going to bring heaping helpings of that when the Olympics are on here in a not that long. Well, I would love to see Jake Tapper and Sean Hannity. And us, and you name them, bringing the same sort of heat. I I think it's increasingly likely. 
I hope so. Whoever thought the uh, the Simpsons would become a, uh, a, a, a punching bag, a football in the contest between America and China? How can you possibly do that as a company, though? And China says, oh, you got to take that episode out. No. Say, okay. No. No, we don't have to take that out. Then you can't be here. All right. You got to deal with billions of dollars. You can see what they did. Same thing the movie companies do. Meanwhile, Bart Simpson's saying, eat my shorts because we have no food here in the concentration camps. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God. Don't have a cow because the government will confiscate it. Oh, oh. I'm Joe Getty. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was That's one right. of your worst. What? That was really one of your worst. What? Um, yeah, and the you know speaking of China, the piece on 60 Minutes, which we could uh, play some clips from uh, maybe next segment, but uh, Jack Ma, one of the richest men in the world, China's most famous billionaire, he disappeared for a long time, and then when he came back, he was all humbled. What did they do to him, or what did they threaten him with? And he's been keeping his mouth shut ever since. What did they do to him? Did they, they? Do you think they went so far as to like flat out threaten him and his family? Yes. Yeah. It, maybe not physically, but they would say, we'll confiscate every dollar you have. We'll confiscate your home, your cars, everything. You will be living on the streets. And we'll make sure nobody gives you a crust of bread. Sure. That'd probably be enough. And then they probably put him in uh, house arrest, maybe in, in one tiny room, maybe a cell for a couple months to make sure he knew they were serious. And out he came, humbled and quiet. Yeah. Like the tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular uh, aspect of that 60 Minutes piece on China really stuck out to me and the difference between a democracy and an authoritarian regime, among other things we can talk about coming up, are a text line. We're getting lots of good texts today. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. To the West, it looks like she is killing off the golden goose, sabotaging what has made China the economic power that it is. That is a complete uh, misinterpretation of what is going on. China is tackling the most intractable problems of Western capitalism ahead of the West. The concept of reducing income inequality has to be done all over the world, except that China is just much faster at implementing some of these policies. Keep doing it. I just, I, uh, what I loved about that story is they, she and, uh, and, and that economist woman from China, they're married to this idea of capitalism's bad, communism's good, we're going we're gonna to make e- e- equity the most important thing. Go for it. I think this is the best news re-China that we've had in years. It turns out she's a communist. Coming uh, together with the uh, incredible demographic problems they have? Yeah, absolutely. Because it ain't going to work. Right. By the way, who is the, what is 60 Minutes doing putting on an active spokeswoman for the Chinese Communist Party and not identifying her as that? She's a professor at the London School of Economics and leads the Young People's Economic Forum. She's a freaking commie. Yeah, yeah clearly. I thought that was 
odd. Um, I didn't mind her being on because I liked hearing that perspective. I thought that was interesting. But for 60 Minutes not to identify her as, you know, somebody who's standing up for communism. All they did was mention that her father is one of the uh, more powerful bankers in Beijing. She did, this economist, point out the difference between a government like ours and a government like China's. And this is the advantage of being in an authoritarian government. Nowhere was this more obvious than when they demolished the giant private after-school tutoring industry prepping kids for exams. Professor Jin says it was an example of free market capitalism run amok, draining the resources of parents. So one weekend in July, just like that, the government essentially outlawed this entire $120 billion for-profit sector. If they're determined to do one thing, they just do it. They don't care about the capital markets, implications of the financial sector. They don't care about the employment uh, implications. Unbelievable. I mean, you can't kill a program in the United States Mm. under any circumstances. They stick around forever if they do more harm than good. In China, this is not what we want to do. Cut it. What about all the, what about the, God, a country that big. What about the 100,000 teachers are out of work? What are you talking about? Cut it. So what did she say? $128 billion? Imagine doing that. United States, whatever it was. Um, just cut it. No, we're going to do something different. If anybody, and of course, again, that commie econ professor uh, was trying to pitch it as the uh, the great decisiveness and courage. We don't worry about capital markets or even the employment markets. We just do what's right. Yeah, and or anybody who accumulates any sort of gravity, any power, that Xi Jinping sees as a threat, he just cuts him off to the knees. And he's an actual communist. I'm shocked that he's doing this. They have grown faster than any country economically in the history of the planet. And he's decided, nah, eh, we're communists. What? Time to, it's time to cash in his chips, he decided. And I be- think we've got enough wealth now. Now we, we move into the workers' utopia period. Yeah. Which he apparently actually believes it. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, the look on his face, what an odd look he wears. Like he's at that military parade. He's hanging out of his convertible, and he's got that weird, I've got gas, I just passed some look on his face. Just that weird Winnie the Pooh half smile of his. Very often. Maybe he's having a gallbladder attack, which I had last night and ended up in the ER. And uh, that's why I'm wearing ER clothes. If you could see me right now, I came straight from the ER to here. I took an Uber. Um uh, I'm on heavy pain medication, so I'm high, really. I, don't, I think this violates a number of FCC regulations. But I'm glad to see from the text line that I'm not just a wuss, as I was rolling around on the floor writhing in pain at home last night, much to the consternation of my nine-year-old, who was very scared for Daddy. Uh, oh, man. Screaming and yelling. I could barely tell him I was okay. I could hardly talk. But anyway, uh, we've had two women say it was worse than childbirth for him to have a gallbladder attack. This uh, this parent said, my 26-year-old son had a gallbladder attack rolling on the floor. He would have agreed to eat baby food for the rest of his life if the doctor said that was necessary to not go through that pain again. And somebody brought up and it, a reminder. I can't believe this flitted out of my head. Because it looks like, at least until I get my gallbladder out, they didn't consider it an emergency. I have to schedule it today and I'm going to get it out soon. But the doctor said, until I get it out, no fat. He said, I wouldn't risk eating any fat. Fat? Low fat, no fat. Mm. 
And then I've been on a number of websites, and I'm going to have to look into this more once you get your gallbladder out, how much grease and fat you can eat. Ain't a lot. Anyway, um, I did say a couple of months ago, do you remember, that I would like to have a mild heart attack <laughs> because I couldn't. I realize you're tempting the, the the fates when you say something like that. People were outraged. Because I couldn't get myself motivated to exercise and eat right. And I thought, I need a wake-up call. I need a scare. Maybe a mild heart attack. I don't want to die. I don't want to be in a lot of pain, but a mild heart attack might do it. Well, I just had something along those lines. The gallbladder thing was the most painful thing I've ever had in my life. By far, not even a close second. And uh, I would, I will do whatever eating I got to do to avoid that happening. Wow. Maybe this is my wake-up call. This is a complete change, too, because, I mean, it's not like you were Mr. Granola, Mr. Fruits and Veggies. No, I'm shoved the veggies off the plate. Give me more grease. Yeah. I want another helping of grease, please. God, just saying it's making my chest hurt. Oh, boy. Uh, Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that was bad. Wow, so you're going to be totally reformed, eating like kale smoothies and such. I I had a homemade cornbread, smothering it with honey butter last night. And a bunch of potatoes smothered in butter. I that think may be your swan song. It might be. It's like your last meal as an inmate. <laughs> felt like kind of. Roll, <laughs> felt like it when I was rolling on the floor. Holy freaking cow. Wow. Rough. Oh, that was. And that EMT trying to get the IV started on me in the ambulance, bouncing around, just kept jabbing me and jabbing me and jabbing oh, me. Oh, boy. <laughs> he might have just been tired of you, and he was stabbing you for his own satisfaction. Yeah, it's true. He could be a fan <laughs> of a different radio show. He just thought, right. oh, finally, finally I get to tell him what I think. Uh, if you miss an hour, get the podcast. It's a good idea. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bride in North Carolina went viral for celebrating her wedding with a mannequin of her husband because he got food poisoning on the big day. (laughs) Their wedding was actually delayed twice because of COVID, and then the groom got food poisoning. And each time the bride said, God, if I'm making a mistake, give me a sign. (laughs) That's pretty good. That is pretty good. So, speaking of the vid, don't want to wear you out with discussing how the media is wearing us out with the vid. But listen to this, would you? Uh, the giant communist New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, short-timer, on uh, today, he issued a preemptive strike, he said, mandating that all private sector employees in the Big Apple must be vaccinated against the vid amid the new threat posed by the Omicron variant beginning December 27th. Why won't somebody explain to me Why? So I just saw a headline, uh, Omicron is dominating African countries now and pushing out the Delta. And we had the story earlier, was it, where was it? It was like uh, Norway, Norway, Denmark, uh, South Africa, uh, Toronto. There are quite a few examples. I think it was Denmark that said within two weeks they expect Omicron to be the dominant variant. Okay, so it spreads amazingly fast and... Is anybody dying? The WHO, the World Health Organization, at least so far says not a single human has died of Omicron on the entire planet. Right. <laughs> so what are you guys talking about? With the, Well, we got to get vaccinated now. This thing just spreads too fast. And there's been no serious illness in the United States, according to Dr. Scott Gottlieb yesterday. 
So, and, and all of the primary information, granted it's semi-anecdotal, but it's increasingly data-driven, is that it's milder than anything we've seen. So that would be perfect. Everybody gets exposed, everybody ups their immunity, and nobody dies. It's good news. It's not bad news. It's not reason to launch a draconian policy, a giant communist. Anyway, so we announced that on the uh, friendly confines of Morning Joe, I guess, this morning. We've got Omicron as a new factor. We've got the colder weather, which is going to really create additional challenges with the Delta variant. We've got holiday gatherings. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID. So all private sector employees have to get the jab, and and they're going to have the key to New York City which is showing your papers, requiring proof of vaccination for indoor dining, fitness, and entertaining, expanding that measure to include 5 to 11-year-olds. 5 to 11-year-olds. Wow, if I don't get my 5-year-old a shot, I can't go anywhere. Based on the horrifying threat posed by the Omicron variant. That, if it's mild for adults, might be nothing for kids. Less than a cold. Kids 5 to 11, 5 years old, will be required to get vaccinated to participate in high-risk extracurricular activities such as sports, band, orchestra, and dance. I just wish they'd take dance. If you had to have the shot to participate in dance, I'd have begged my parents, please don't give me the shot. (laughs) Please don't let me get the shot. You mean I won't be able to participate in dance? Hmm. I'm begging you. Uh, I just I can't believe more reporters haven't raised their hand and said nobody's died in the whole world. Nobody's gotten really sick in the United States. So what are we doing? Why are we Why are we talking about it with this tone of voice? Uh, counterpoint: uh, Trump was casual about the coronavirus, so we have to act like our hair's on fire every single development. Speaking of which, Australia has lost. It's mind. This 26-year-old who spent weeks in a quarantine camp, despite the fact that she's never tested positive for COVID-19, is speaking out. She was exposed, evidently, and the authorities showed up to her door and said, have you been tested? Uh, And she said, yeah, yeah, I've been tested. It's negative. They said, no, you haven't. Get in the car. And they took her way to a COVID prison camp. She said, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison, like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane. Well, if you're in a facility, you're not allowed to leave. You are in prison. That's why it feels like prison. And and it's like, you do what we say or you're in trouble. We'll lock you up for a longer time. They were threatening to extend her time in the COVID isolation facility because they didn't like the way she was acting. Wow. There you go. Stanford prison experiment much? She reportedly moved from one end of the country to escape some of the draconian measures going on in, I think it was Western Australia. And uh, they grabbed her and said, have you been exposed? Blah, blah, blah. So police officers were blocking my driveway. I walked out, said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away. You have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs, this facility. Either come with us now or we'll put you in the back of the, the police van. That sounds like something out of 1984. I know. I know. It's crazy. She was told she'd be released after testing negative for COVID-19, but when she arrived at the facility, she was escorted by figures in hazmat suits to a room where she would stay for 14 days, where meals were delivered just once a day. She was reportedly tested three separate times during detention, was forced to stay in isolation, 
When she tried to leave her cabin to walk outside, she was threatened with a $5,000 fine for not wearing a face covering. The facility also reportedly, repeatedly offered her drugs such as Valium to calm her down. She's lost her job for not showing up. That's wild. I know it. I know it. And did you know that in uh, in the Northern Territory, where this camp is located, they've not seen any COVID deaths? None. They want to keep it that way. Well, right. So they're denying people their, their not only their basic freedoms, their freedoms completely. Just crazy. And one final health note. I've been wanting to throw this on for a couple of days. This is just shocking. This is the CDC. They found that among eight-year-olds, one in 44 were diagnosed with some level of autism. One in 44. Wow. That was one in 54 in 2016. Experts believe that reflects more awareness. Um, yeah. oh, the, the, the rise in numbers generally more awareness, wider availability of services to treat the condition rather Boy. than a true increase in the number of affected children. But that's scary. Back when I used to be around um, uh, researchers around this stuff, university type crowds, they hated it when anybody said that because they said that just ain't it. It ain't more awareness. It's more autism. Wow. They would go wow. ballistic anytime everybody would ever say that. Because people have been making that claim, including me. I have made that claim before in the years until I ran into these university professors. Um, people have been making this claim for, for, geez, 20 years now. Well, people weren't aware of it. Now, the researchers say, no, that ain't it. We got something new. We don't know what's causing it. Well, speaking as a guy with a daughter on the autism spectrum, um, I sure would like to know. Even, even if you uh, you know broaden it out from there, who do you, do you know anybody who doesn't have one kid that has anxiety problems? No, no, I don't think so. Some of them keep it hid better than others, but the short answer, no. What's going on? Anxiety and or depression. Yeah, um, I have a handful of friends with wonderful, beautiful kids who have anxiety and or depression problems enough that they have to be treated for it. Um. And uh, it's not a national crisis. No, we're instead we're droning on about the freaking Omicron uh, variant. And if you have more than one kid, like I do, then you know well it's not what we're doing or the environment they're in because the other one's fine. Mm-hmm. So, well, right. Although, yeah, the the anxiety thing, I, I, I'm not sure I know many young people at all who don't complain of anxiety problems. Yeah. Now, maybe part of that is just they have the same nervousness everybody's always had about yeah, see, now that adolescence one, and young adulthood. That one, I didn't have a word for the feelings that I had called anxiety when I was younger, but I would have called it anxiety, probably. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be dismissive, though, because no, it's not. my belief that Trust the, me, I'm not. I'm spending a lot of money and time in medicine on trying to fix an anxiety problem. Yeah, the hyper-connected nature of inputs all the time. Yeah. Never, we never turn off the inputs. I mean, come on, do the math. Yeah, God, it's such a tough call. Because how many things caused you anxiety when you were younger? A big test or, you know, a band concert or whatever it was. And And now it's always... They're suffering from anxiety, so maybe we better not do that. I I don't know. I have no idea. Well, and there's a difference between nervousness or apprehension and uh, and uh, anxiety, clinical anxiety. Uh, But it's it's difficult to know where that line is. Definitely. Um, uh, 
Okay, nobody look this up. Because I did this okay. in bed last night with Henry when I was reading to him. Came Got up it. on the topic. Love this. Can this some you, sort of quiz? Yes. Okay. Can you do, you don't have to sing it, but can you just say them backwards the 12 days of Christmas off the top of your head? Don't look mm. it up. It'd take forever. Can you do it, Michael? Do you know the first one? Wouldn't take forever. No, no, I couldn't do it. it takes like no, 30 for seconds. Me, for me to do it. <laughs> can you do 12? Alex, can you do number 12? 12 bullfrogs 12 jumping. lords leaping. No, drummers. 11 drumming. jackasses jacking. I knew. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's the version I learned. In Chicago. That's the Chicago way. Ted Lord, 10 lords a-lording. Lords a-leaping is the weirdest one. Nine ladies twerking. <laughs> Eight maids a-milking. That's on the next page. <laughs> After the twerking. Uh, you know, what? yeah, it, huh? I get I get lost around the twelve, eleven, ten because I lose interest by then. Yeah, the song's too long. Why aren't there like eight days of Christmas? That's enough. Piper's piping. I totally well, forgot the pipe. There's a mathematical reason that you get lost. Is there? Obviously, you only do the twelve once. All oh. the other one, the the one number one, you do twelve times. Number two, you do eleven times. So I mean, yeah, there's a mathematical reason you would remember the ones. In the bottom half a lot better than the ones in the top half. Mm, you have to do it point. every single time. The damn partridge. Please Five hammered golden into my head. rings, and then you're really rolling after that. Well, right, please. Child's play. Not exactly. Don't even don't even waste my time with asking me about that. But where the pipe pied pipers go and the lords are leaping and the ladies dancing, I couldn't tell you the order of that off the top of my head. That's very good. If you vague. got it wrong, I don't think anybody would care. Well, if you're thinking, you know what I'd really love is a dozen lords of leaping and about eleven pipers. And you get 12 pipers and 11 leaping lords, you're fine. You've ruined Please. Christmas. No, you haven't. That's my point. <laughs> I don't know how can any, anyone can afford that with the supply chain right now. Exactly. You'll Inflation. You'll be, good luck getting golden rings. Uh, right. The drummer drumming, drummer's drumming, they're in a container ship off Long Beach. <laughs> you're not going to get them anytime soon. Poke some holes in that Wait. container. <laughs> we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Some kind of escalation appears imminent. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin saying the U.S. has helped shore up Ukraine. We have uh, provided them with uh, uh, a number of uh, different things over the over the uh, years, including uh, lethal uh, capability, a lot of non-lethal capability. I don't know if that was the most inspiring little uh, defense there. And we also took away from them their best capability, which was nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah, I think that clip stands out mostly for the sec def trying to find words that make it sound like we're supportive of Ukraine in some significant way. Well, so they're talking strong sanctions. I, I just I feel like maybe I'm missing some examples. I feel like in my adult life, sanctions haven't done much. There's always strong sanctions. They're going to stop Iran and North Korea and Bin Laden or, or Al Qaeda, rather, and Taliban. And all and just I don't see it working. No, it's a disincentive. But unless it's a disincentive uh, massive enough that it changes behavior, who cares? You know, the other interesting thing is, and this is why you should be concerned or about this, is because uh, the world is going to have a decision to make if Putin moves into Ukraine. Are we going to? Are we going to? 
back Ukraine or not. Everybody seems to be okay with saying we're not. We wouldn't go to war to protect Ukraine. What's that? What's that tell China? Would we go to war to protect Taiwan? Why is Taiwan different than Ukraine? It's of massive economic importance. I don't know. I'm stretching here. Probably not. But you got to remember the guy that you're hearing from Ukraine, Zelensky. He's the guy that Trump was on the phone with. You remember his whole story? He was a YouTube star that played a president on a YouTube TV show, and people thought it would be funny to elect the guy that was. A TV YouTube star. Now he's freaking staring down the tank barrel of a of a well, the barrel hmm the turret of a t- something. He's staring at something and he hates it. And he hates it. Um, but now he's dealing with that. His country may cease to exist, and he, the YouTube president, is supposed to be handling all this. Well, I don't care what kind of president you are. You're you're in a very very bad spot. If the Pooter decides he's going to take your land. I, he just, uh, so the reason I brought it up is Zelensky just said a little bit ago that we uh, we have the um, capability to stop Russia. What else are you going to say? We, 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 we'll roll over. We don't have a chance. Um, I had a point I was going to make. Send sure. those oh. Hunter Biden files over before, you know, the invasion, would you? I think if you're President Zelensky, the, the thing is this. Either the world comes to your aid to stop Putin or Putin takes over your country. Those are the only two options. Yeah, I uh, I imagine the loyal Ukrainians will fight like tigers and try to yeah, extract oh yeah, as big a cost as they possibly can. Of course they will. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of folks listening right now. If, if you were told, hey, China's going to take the United States, you'd say, well, they're taking me with them and we're going to see how bloody we can make it. Uh, but it's going to be ugly, no doubt. And um, if, you, if you're just tuning in or you're not hip to this, Russia's amassed 75, 95,000 troops on the Ukrainian border. They're mobilizing 100,000 more, calling up reservists, organizing, you know, uh, hospitals and moving tank battalions and uh, all to so Ukraine's border. Have, this is not an exercise. So they'll be pushing 200,000 troops on the border? I'm hearing 175, yeah. That's a serious army right there. Yeah. Holy cow. And they have very, very good hardware, too. So, you know, you don't need quite as many guys if you have, you know, an Air Force and artillery and, and missiles and the rest of it. And I heard you talking about this earlier as I was coming in from the ER. Um, where's Europe in this? The, the, the discussion is always, will the United States back Ukraine? Hey, Europe, it's right over there. Hey, Germany, it's right over there for you. Are you going to do anything about it? Or are you going to let Russia march toward you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm dealing with something. I'll, I'll call you back here. Sign Germany, please. Wusses. There's a hole in the show, and you know it's time to go. It's time for Final Thoughts on your feet. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Final Thoughts. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. Our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Uh, Jack, just a little advice. When you do, when you do go get your surgery, make sure you uh, mark on your body what your gallbladder is so that you don't lose like an arm or a right. leg or something yeah. like well, that. Well, we took that leg off of you. It was bothering <laughs> you. What? I don't I don't think that happens that much, Michael, but thank you for the caution. Uh, young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, we've been talking a lot about the Beatles and the Get Back documentary. I checked the text line. There was a caller, or caller, listener, who was upset that we're not mentioning Tom Petty. Well, he got a posthumous doctorate from the University of Florida today, so there you go. Right. Tom Petty. PhD, Dr. Tom Petty. Yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I've said this before, uh, just because it's been my experience. If if you got something bad, they will call you. So if you've ever like gotten tests done medically and that sort of stuff, and you haven't heard from them, what's going on? Because I just got a call a little bit ago from the doctor to book my surgery for my gallbladder. Just like when I had cancer, they called me at home on a Saturday. If you got something serious, they will call you. That's been my experience. Mm, that's good to know, as I still haven't gotten a call back from my stupid skin doctor. I assume I'm not dying. Uh, you know, my final thought is Judy and I decorated the Christmas tree last night. Uh, yes. missing, missing the kids. It was very oh, melancholy. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, but, you know, you, you spend their entire childhoods trying to make them strong and independent and smart so they can go out into the world on their own. Now they're in the world on their own. Oh, well, yeah, the alternative is not good. I mean, if you, you know. Mm. It's like one of those uh, episodes of The Simpsons where Bart's 28 and still living at home and <laughs> right. smoking. and Yeah, you don't want that either. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people have thanked so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, a lot of great swag for sale. The boxer she- the shorts, the uh, sports bras. We don't emphasize those enough. Not to mention the Let's Go Brandon gear. I might model a boxer shorts and sports bra getup. The two of them. Urgh. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. And we need to adapt our approach. This game is over. It's over. Now there's a bunch of you trying to kill me. One, two, three, four, five of you trying to kill me. And how big is that? There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. Tisk tisk. Have a day, boys. Have a day. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.